want to welcome you to our service today. We are so happy that you can be with us. And for you that are at home, we just want you to know that we miss you and we hope that very soon we can be together as a congregation together, shaking hands and hugging and, and laughing with each other, talking with each other. And we look forward to that day. This morning, the Lord has given me the opportunity to share with you one of my favorite portion of scripture. Psalm 121. This psalm means everything to me. And one day I may have the opportunity to share with you why this Psalm 121 means so much to me. But let me just let you know that before I become a Seventh-day Adventist, things was very hard, very rough. I went through persecution with not so much my family, but with my dad. He was not willing, in that sense, for me to become a Seventh-day Adventist. And since he was, I was under, still under his care, depending not fully up on him, but somehow was dependent upon him for helping to help me in my school and clothing and otherwise. He was so against me accepting the truth and become a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. At that time, I had a little part-time job, and uh, the boss that was the owner of the shop, let me tell you, I was a, I'm a shoemaker by trade, so I was working in a shoe, shoe, shoe shop, and he also was against the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Although his wife was a member of the church, but he was against the Seventh-day Adventist church. So apparently he and my dad got together and they got against me. Finally he fired me and I had nothing to rely on. But I want to tell you, my dear Christian friends, during the time and my Christian experience, during the three or four months that I was without a job, I had to leave school. My mom and my dad, they were separated, but my mom told me she could, I could come live with her. At this time I was with my dad and my grandmother. But I want to say that each day as I leave looking for work, looking for work, 
I will repeat this psalm, Psalm 121. That's why this psalm means much to me. And when this week, when uh, past week, when Pastor Pumpo asked me if I will be willing to bring a message, the first thing that came to my mind uh, was to share with you Psalm 121. When our world and my, when your world and mine turn dark, and our journey turns rugged, my friends, where do we turn for help? What is our source for the confidence we need to face the air current of life? In my spiritual experience, as I mentioned before, I have found in the words of David, Psalms 21, Psalms 121, words of encouragement, especially in these days. So this morning as we meditate on this psalm, we should remind ourselves that the source of help comes from the Lord. And that's the reason the psalmist, as he looked and as he meditated and he thought on the greatness of God, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills for help. My dear Christian friends, today we are assured, we are confident that help comes from the Lord. Now why did David lift his eyes on the hills? Because he realized that his help came from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It is said that David wrote this psalm after he was king, which means it was after he had spent a lot of time in those hills of Judea, the one to which he was lifting his eyes. Now, what happened in those hills? For years, Maybe as many as 10 or 15 years, David had hidden in those very hills from the insane King Saul, who was dead set and killing him. And so when David lifted his eyes to the hills, he did not just saw the beautiful view around him. He saw his life flashed before his eyes. He remembered moving from the one hill to another, from one cave to another, holding in and hiding in the cave as the king slept in front while his soldiers marched constantly around 
the other side. And so when he looked at those hills, he saw despair and grief and darkness and hopelessness. But as he continued to look at those hills, those mountains, he saw something more. He saw protection. He saw deliverance. He saw safety in the cleft of the rock where he knew that the presence of God was with him. So when David became king, he wanted to remember that event in the darkest places where God was there, leading him, protecting him, and fulfilling the promise he had given him when he was a youth, even when it seemed impossible. And so, he wanted to remember, even as he sat on the throne, that the same God who had helped him when he was hiding in the hills, that same God was helping him. So, my dear Christian friends, basing or based on David's experience, we as Christians need to lift our eyes to the hills, our hills. So I ask the question, what are our ills? Now these ills could be our time of greatest darkness and despair. When it seems that God had forgotten us. But when we, you, we look back and reflect on those times, you see that God was holding you and taking care of you. And I will say, yes, he was there. Now for Joseph, of the book of Genesis, the hills he looked to might have been a memory of his years in the dungeon, waiting for God to fulfill something in his life. For Daniel, the hills he looked to might have been the time when he had, God had compassion upon him. And when the, king, when the king threw him in the fiery furnace, and when his companions also were with us, with him, we find that God was with them. Because God is a caring God. Now the Apostle Peter, the hills he looked to might, be, might have been a memory of his flattering and failing uh, ministry. But as he looked back after three years with the, ma with the Master, he discovered that God 
Christ meant everything to him. He was his mentor. He was his teacher. He was, his, he was the one that was guiding him in the true path of righteousness. And we find that Peter became a great preacher, a great man, a great evangelist. And as the Holy Spirit worked with him, In his preaching, his visitation, his encouragement to the people, he was able to witness and to baptize thousands of people. Now for Jesus, the hills he looked to were the cross of Calvary that he had to endure for the joy that he knew was set before him on the other side. Now it comes to us. It comes to us. One set of hills we would look to would be a time of darkness. When spiritually speaking, we could not see our hands before our face. But then seeing how the Lord brought us out of and up to the other side, when the Lord brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light, showing himself stronger by meaning, uh, uh, manifesting himself to us, we can say with the poet, how great is our God. What are our ills? What is your ill? What is my ill? Are you in them now, crying out for God to be there with you in the darkness and hiding and fear? Are you feeling, my friends, are you feeling that he has abandoned you? Well, I have good news for you, my dear Christian friends. I have good news. He has not for abandoned you. So as we read these comforting words of the psalmist David, don't lose heart. Hold on to hope. Trust God and he will finish what he has started in our lives. Friends, there will come a day when you and I will lift our eyes to those ills and say, See those hills right there? They were the places of my greatest despair and grief and darkness and hopelessness. But reflecting in God's goodness, we would say like David, they are also the place of my greatest protection and deliverance. They are the places I was kept safe in the cleft of the rock. They are the places I began to know that the presence of God has been with me. So, don't be despair. And pray with David this prayer. 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he will not let your foot be moved because he is your keeper. He is your shade and your right hand. Therefore, the sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and uh, forevermore. So my, friend, my friends, this is a psalm about trusting in God's providential care. I will say it is a psalm of all hope because it, is, it encourages us to look beyond the mountains to God who created them. He is the God who made the mountains and is even greater in power and strength. As I said before, personally I enjoy reading this psalm. Why I enjoy reading this psalm? Because it tells me to focus to the upward direction, the upward way. Why? Because we tend to look down. We tend to look down when we are in deepest despair and focus on the problems down here which tends to drag us down further and further. But as I read this psalm, David is telling us, you and I, he's telling us, don't look down, don't look down, but look up. Because the ills summons us to look up. So my question today is, are you looking high enough? Are we looking beyond the mountains to the God who created them and who is higher than all? Psalm 46 and verse 1 tells us, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. My friends, God is bigger than the mountains because he is before the mountains. So don't just look to the hills, but look to the one. Look to the one who made the hills. Look beyond the mountains to God who created them. Because, because our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Who made and created everything. And he would help us. Both spiritually and physically. And when God sends help. The spirit finds rest. And because he, got, he has the whole world. You and I. And the 
Christians that surround are around this world, he has us in his hands. The greater is our helper. He is our benefactor. He is our protector as well, according to verses 3 to 6. He protects us from dangers, seen and unseen. He is always close to us. God never slumbers, as the psalmist says. He never slumbers nor sleeps. And you can pray to him at any time, any time, wherever you are. No matter what situation or what condition you are in, you can pray to him because he always focuses and us, and hear our cry 24-7. So the hills may be far in the distance, but God has promised to be close to us even at our right hand. And for that reason, David wrote in uh, Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And Jacob, he told him, don't be afraid. No matter what happened, you might be running uh, and trying to get away from your family, from your brother, or you might be trying to get away from the problems of life. And sometimes we, in our, in our sinful, wicked ways, we uh, try to get away from the problems of life. Not looking up, not depending upon God, but hear what he says, tells us, I am with you. And watch over you wherever you go. And that's a promise. So my dear Christian friends, if you feel discouraged today, if you do not know what is, hap what is going to happen, focus your eyes on the ills. Because that's where, that's where our help comes from. As we continue to meditate on this chapter, in verses 7 and 8, I discover that there is a promise, a promise for the future. And that promise is telling us what God will do for you and I. Listen. Lord will keep you from harm. How many times we leave our homes, we get up in the morning, we have our breakfast, and we leave our homes to run, either to work or to run our errands, or to go uh, to see the doctor or, or, or whatever. And as we pray and ask God to bless us and, and protect us, he says, don't worry. I am with you. 
And David recognized this because he said, The Lord will keep you from all arms. He will watch over you. He, 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 will, he will look upon you and he will take care of you. And he promised to be with you in your problems and to turn them all to good. And that's what I discovered in these two last verses. The Lord watches over every transition in our lives. God watches over all the in-betweens as well. And I'm sure that we all have our experiences when we are confronted, confronted with problems and difficulties and we call upon the Lord. And sometimes, miraculously, something happened. And we tend to think, well, what happened? How this? How, how, comes? how come this happened? But this is the promise that the Lord has given us. He, he will watch over you. And so, God's promise to watch over over you in Christ is true today, tomorrow, and forever. Surely, he says, surely I am with you always, always, to the very end of the age. We have a whole string of beautiful promises in Romans chapter 8. These promises assures us that God is directly involved in our lives and that he is for us and not against us. These promises are true for the believing Seventh-day Adventist Christians. It is, these promises are true for everyone that have confidence in him. Now we have that marvelous promise. The promise at the end, as I said in verse 8, that he will watch over our coming and going out both now and forevermore. Rest assured, my dear Christian friends, that God is watching over us now, even if we, uh, right here in, at, in this very uh, sanctuary. He watches over us as we get into our cars and we drive off, not knowing what would happen in uh, the, the, the next block. He watches over us, my friends. And he's watching over us, as I said, now, and he will continue to watch over us until he comes. He will continue to watch over you and you and you until he comes. We are on a journey of life that will take us beyond the ills. The maker of heaven and earth, watches over every aspect of our lives. He protects us from all harm, which means 
we do not need to worry or be afraid. Because nothing can happen to us without God's knowledge. Nothing can arm us under his protective care. Even the worst things that can happen, whether the loss of, loss of job or employment, or the death of a family member or friend, or illness. All these things take place under God's providential care. Why? Because uh, he is in control. But knowing that he is in control, he says, fear not. God is for us. He is not against us. He is committed to our good. And you can trust him in all things. As I was uh, reviewing my notes, I wanted to see what the spirit of prophecy said about and talked about on this psalm, Psalms 121. And I looked and looked and I came across L.N.G. White's writing and her manuscript in the year 1903, just a few years before she died. And this quote popped out, spring out, and drew my attention. And I want to share this with you. It's a short quote. It says, Our Lord adopts himself to our special needs. He is a shade on the right hand. He walks close by our side, ready to supply all our necessities. He comes very near to those who are engaged in willing service for him. You and I who are engaged in witnessing, in passing out tracts, in praying with others, even by telephone, especially in these days, we have received and we have sent out many telephones asking our brothers or sisters how they are and, uh, and uh, how is the courage. And she says, he, is, he comes very near to those who are engaged, willing, and willing service for him. He is. He knows everyone by name. And I'm so happy to know among the billions of people around the world, God knows my name. And then she closed by saying, Oh, what assurances, what confidence. We have a tender and loving Christ. That's manuscript number 51. 1903. Christian friends, this psalm is one of hope. Therefore, I entreat you to take comfort in this psalm. Learn to trust God in all things and look to Him always because He cares 
for us. Hope requires a loving God. And the Apostle Paul tells us that God is love, 1 John 4.16. John said this, sorry. But the Apostle Paul says, But God shows his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How beautiful are those words. Sometimes we think that we are so well before the Lord. Sometimes we think that we are saints. But, as human beings, we are sinners. And God knows that. But when we come before him and confess our sins, when we look up to him beyond the hills, he loves us. And that's the reason why he sent his son to die for us in order that you and I enjoy eternal life. God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, his son, Christ, died for us. And according to Hebrews 4.16, the Lord helps his followers by protecting and preserving them continually, avoiding us from stumbling, according to Jude 24. The Lord's ability to preserve us is dependable. It's reliable. It's certain, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He does not forsake his people. Rather, he protects and preserve them. Therefore, in closing, Psalms 121 is not just an affirmation for this part of our life in Christ while on earth, but our entire life with him in eternity. The poet Samuel Isles Pierce as he read this psalms, was positive that every word in it is calculated to encourage you and I, to encourage and strengthen our faith and hope in God. So in these days, these days of despair with the pandemic still at its peak, and as we navigate these enchanted moments of Earth's history, brothers and sisters, we can rest assured that God will guide and direct our paths. And as it is expressed in this psalm, my prayer today is that you will be comforted by the knowledge 
that as a child of God, he will keep you wherever you go, wherever you are, from now and forevermore. I would like you, in these closing moments, to meditate with me the beautiful words of the, psalm, of, psalmist, of the psalmist David. I wanted you to think on these words. You may open your Bibles and you may uh, read as the music of the song goes go along. But meditate on these words. Meditate on these words. Because God is our helper. He is our protector. And he promised to keep us safe each day. Let us listen as it is interpreted by the poet Richard's Smallwood, entitled Total Praise. <laughs> 